that ain't much of claim that. I don't go imagining things. Like Aunt Margaret? Scooby? I said, woman, I don't want to hear another word. Was there something you're hiding? I don't have a goddamn thing to hide. You're just being too goddamn aggressive in the manner. Stories about Elvis and Priscilla Presley. I've seen the Diamond Dozen lately. Last year, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis biopic, shiny and in my opinion, pretty hollow, became a big deal during award season. A few years ago, we got Michael Shannon playing Elvis, Kevin Spacey playing Nixon, and Elvis and Nixon. But that's why guys like me are survivors. Guys like this uh, Elvis fellow know underneath all that uh, they're weak. They wither at the first sign of trouble. They just crumble like a sand dune. Several documentaries like The Searcher and The King have come out in the last few years. It seems like even 46 years after his death, we can't get enough of Elvis Presley. Elvis and Priscilla might be compared to JFK and Jackie Kennedy in our undying interest in them as a culture. And like JFK and Jackie Kennedy, the tragic events that befell them reinforce our desire, it seems, to preserve rather than denigrate an American icon. Elvis stories, even as the truly despicable parts of his life come to light, generally seem to want to preserve his legacy. We are also enamored, not just with superstars, but in the trials and tribulations of fame. This might move us away from the older generations, as culturally speaking, we do frequently want to look more at the loneliness, the alienation, and the gilded cage that comes with that status. The loneliness makes us feel a bit sorry for these figures, which makes them more relatable. Tragically, Priscilla and Elvis's daughter, Lisa Marie Presley, died earlier this year after getting her surgery. Priscilla Presley is still alive in her late 70s and has told her story. I met Elvis, a very different Elvis than, than let's say I know today, because obviously I didn't know anything about what I know now. I saw a very innocent, very, very vulnerable Elvis Presley. Someone who just lost his mother, uh, a year before I met him, very insecure on where he was um, in his music career, in his movie career. Priscilla wrote her love story with Elvis, Elvis and Me, in 1985. Most of the films about Elvis in recent years have looked at Elvis's story either through his eyes or other male characters like Colonel Tom Parker. No, they are not putting a colored boy on the hayride. That's a thing. He's white. He's He's white. What do you think? However, not many films have given Graceland a female gaze. And Sofia Coppola approached Priscilla to tell that story in this year's biopic, Priscilla. It's tough to make a biopic about someone who's still alive and is presumably expected to sign off on it. Priscilla is the story of a deeply toxic relationship between Priscilla, who is 14 when Elvis meets her, and Elvis, who was 24. Although Priscilla has claimed that for years, Elvis kept her as a virgin while eventually she lived at Graceland and slept in his bed. Even though I was 14, I was actually a little bit older in, in life, not in numbers. And um, that was the attraction. And, you know, people think, oh, it was sex, it was this. Not at all. I never had sex with him. He was very kind, very soft, very loving. But he also respected the fact I was only 14 years old. We were more in mind and thought they got married when she was 21 and that's when they conceived their child 
Sofia Coppola chose to remain pretty faithful to the Elvis and Me book written in 1985 as a conclusive telling of the story. It's a tightrope walk because of Priscilla's involvement and understandable desire to protect her deceased ex-husband's legacy. It's a difficult and very difficult to sit and watch a film about you and about your life and about your love. And... Mm. Sorry. Mm. I think uh, Sophia did an amazing job. <clears throat> Coppola goes easy on Elvis and focuses most of the story on Priscilla herself. Wonderfully played, I will say, by Kaylee Spaney. The entire performance is really good. So many emotions from jealousy to a desire to please to loneliness and isolation at Graceland play out on Kaylee's face. However, in my opinion, Coppola is holding so much back in order to protect Priscilla and her desire not to shatter Elvis's legacy in death that it's a very uneven film. We do get the loneliness and isolation of a girl that's been placed in a position she never should have been. Stuck in Graceland like a gilded cage, known about but kept in the background as Elvis' selling point is sexual charisma. But we're kept at a distance from the characters, never quite getting the psychological effects that we need to understand this toxic marriage. Elvis is played by Jacob Elorde, and it's a mercurial representation. Elvis goes from distant to love bombing to hostile and violent within seconds. It's a film that wants to do two things at once that are intention. It wants to tell you Priscilla's story from her perspective and the way that she has told it, protecting who she wants to protect and keeping her center stage. While letting the audience into the toxic, abusive, sometimes violent back and forth that characterizes this relationship. Ultimately, doing both things seems pretty impossible. In some ways, it's also ultimately a coming-of-age story. And honestly, I wish we had seen more of that part of it. Yeah, I don't know why I keep coming back to it. Hopefully, I'll grow up soon. But I, I've always been interested in, um, in, in identity and how one finds that. I'm always curious about how people find themselves in situations and how they emerge and who they become. And so Priscilla's story had so, was so rich um, about that of her really opening up about how she found, found herself and being with someone such a strong identity and then emerged to find her own identity. Um, Priscilla starting out at age 14 is a quiet, shy and distinctly lost soul. We get her childhood at an army base in West Germany as a typical representation of post-war army life. Moving around like that is already an alienating experience without moving to a different continent. By the end of the film, Priscilla has what you'd hope she had gotten as a child somewhere. A normal social life with friends and a career. And I wish we had seen more of the transition from Graceland to her escape. The catchiness that it's missing. Watch out! Anyway, before I introduce the panel, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Hit that bell to get notified whenever we're streaming. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live stream, send us a super chat, which helps me keep the show running, which I am obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are on there forever. 
Okay, let me introduce the panel. Conan Neutron, host of Bretonic Reversal, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, neutronfriends.bandcamp.com. Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends has a new split LP with Lung, Adult Prom, available now on Bandcamp. J. Andrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host for Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, this Barbie is streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics, Twitter, Instagram, and Blue Sky at cosmopolitics. Send her some subs on Twitch. Ray Bana is a Twitch partner, a Young Turks contributor, a disability rights advocate, and the co-host of Taking the L. I, of course, am your host and the king of rock and roll, Boris Miller. Let's go, baby. Take this pill. Now, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> Only one of us on this panel actually plays rock and roll, so I'm going to take issue with that. <laughs> okay, so True. Let, let's the king, start. The king of <laughs> the king of streaming a low a low uh, low energy movie podcast. <laughs> there you go. Um, so there's always this talk about Priscilla's age and why she was so mature beyond her years for a 14 year old, and I Our have a lot of background. Deep. Yeah, and Forrest read Elvis to me, so he probably knows about this too. So Priscilla was um, born to like a teenage couple, uh, her mother Anne and her her father. Um, her original last name was uh, Wagner, but he died, uh, I think, serving during one World War One, I believe, or something like that. And so when her mother got remarried, she was still like a little military brat. So every time she felt like she was comfortable in their in a new location, they always had to move. So she would have, so they would bounce around from place to place to place. So she had to grow up real fast. She was having a lot of younger siblings really quick. She had like six other five yeah, or six other really siblings. The other siblings in the, in the, yeah, no. in the movie. Yeah. She, in the she was an only series, child in the movie. Do, though. Yeah. That's what it seems like. But she had to grow up really fast. So that's probably why um, Elvis was mentally attracted to her because of the fact that she was not only she was American, but she was very mature for her age. I mean, a lot of us who've, you know, a lot of us had to grow up real fast. So that's something that I've related to when I read the book when I was a lot younger and seeing the miniseries and then rewatching this movie and then well, rereading the book. Also, again. also one of the only, uh, you know, American like teenage girls on in, in this West German army base that's from America. Yeah. That, you know, I feel like on, on one level that's, that's an understandable thing of why it's hard for to fit in. Yeah, like you see a teenage girl, and you're like, I'm gonna bring that teenage girl to Elvis because he's here. Yeah, and you know, yeah. the, the, the book kind of hammers that home. Like Elvis is just kind of lonely and sitting. Like he brought it. So he's got the cultural shorthand of being an American. You know, yeah. <laughs> like that's let's yeah. not discount that. And that's... if we remember when Elvis was in the military, you know, his music. There was other, you know, the, yeah. who was giving the next king of rock and roll? Well, if y'all remember, Jerry Lee Lewis was kind of. Yeah. getting up there but he had the he made a big mistake that elvis's team knew how to deal with the fact that he boasted about marrying his 13 year old cousin when he was 23 yeah yeah exactly it, it, it was something that pretty much dominated like the entire discussion of him for the rest of his life uh yep. and, but, and his biopic uh great balls of fire oh yes. yeah that was that I, I actually kind of enjoyed that one too but you can't best, find it best movie about testicular inflammation ever yeah. <laughs> the elephant man isn't. Yeah. And <laughs> that's a, that's a, another another aspect about the most when, artsy one. Um she got she she met um his real name was Curry Grant. 
who introduced her uh, her to Elvis, but the name is changed in the movie because he embellished a bunch of stories and helped this one author write a, uh, a different type of story called Child Bride, where it's like, oh, Elvis was selling it. Well, well Priscilla was um, giving uh, Curry, you know, sex exchange to meet Elvis and all this other stuff that totally didn't happen. So that's why his name was completely changed for the actual film itself. By the way, when I was going in to see this movie, right, like the first Yelp review was a guy that was clearly like a big Elvis fan. It's like this goddamn gold digger does not deserve her own movie. And you know what? All the, all the information in this movie is false. Elvis is the most kind, caring individual. He wouldn't abuse no one. One star. <laughs> this this was the guy in the theater? No, was... this was the first the first review of the movie. Like when I was oh, looking, gotcha. Like, okay. Right. Any good because the first thing I saw was Eileen uh, Jones, like, you know, her not so. Uh, Didn't care for it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that review, and I was wondering like what other reviews said. So the first one I clicked yeah. on was like just some guy that was clearly like a huge Elvis fan, being like he was kind, he was he was caring, he would have never. Was an Elvis impersonator, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> and um, another thing too is when Elvis was in the military at the time, people would make like they would make announcements when he would show up the commissary or the mm-hmm. PX because this is when the time that my grandparents, my Uma pop up met. Because he was in the military with Elvis. They were in the same like tr- group or whatever. And he couldn't stand the man. My papa was like, <laughs> one time we found him in the shower. And we were supposed to do uh, like uh, uh, some type of like training of some sort. And I threw, I physically threw the man out of the showers. There's Presley him. again. Exactly. Shitting up the operation. There we go. Well, That's one, of the, one of the things in the in the Elvis <laughs> book, which I just finished an hour before we went on, um, in Elvis to me, they're talking about how he really didn't like doing the rotation and like the rounds. So mm-hmm. he pretended to have tonsillitis, got himself pretty much like uh, yep. lifted out of the, you know, out of the camp with everyone else and into the hospital. And then he pretended that he had a fever by putting a match underneath the, uh, the thermometer. So everyone's oh, like, wow. oh, God, he's mm-hmm. so sick. So he's always trying to do things. And he brought, mm-hmm. I mean, his whole family with him and like lived with them on like another part of the uh, military compound. So there's so many like, you know, things that he was doing as a star to kind of get himself uh, around having to do like normal military work. Yeah. Like, I, I think liking that guy. <laughs> now when they first met, um, obviously she didn't believe him. She's like, you don't know Elvis Presley. You don't know who he is. And he's like, scouts on her. I do. And I think when they first met, um, I think he introduced himself as Elvis pretzel. <laughs> Cause he was so taken like, delicious around her. And I'm like, she's 14. What is the, what is the, what is the, which you don't get any of that in the movie, which, which yeah. uh, like all of this sounds fascinating. And I would have loved to see that movie. Again, the, well, the miniseries kind of does it, but he was more smooth. And the guy who played Elvis in the miniseries. I would have liked to try Elvis Pretzel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, yeah come, coming soon from Movie Night Extravaganza by our new Elvis Pretzels. I, I love pretzels. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. I have pretzels in the freezer. I imagine but, like, um, a, I imagine one of those, like, uh, you know, the soft pretzels that you get at like the fair or something. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's real big. The side of and cheese curds. A hunk of like a burning dough. Yeah. But every time he would sing to her at those parties, like he would always sing to her, look at her, and she's like, ooh. But I'm like, I would feel that way too if some like rock star was singing to me. Like, I mean, we gotta remember this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity that any teenage girl would have wanted to meet like a a, a, a singer or even an yeah. actor that they liked. There, there's it's really no though, modern yeah. parallel to the level of stardom that Elvis had at this moment in time. Yeah, well, it, it does just, not it, exist. It feels like what you'd like. What parents? Well, what was this? Hold, let me let me Wait, tell okay. you what. Get, let me finish that. Like. Taylor Swift comes close, but it's it's still not the same because you have to realize this isn't a saturated media landscape. Like everybody yeah, yeah. knew everything about him. 
They knew all the songs. They knew all the like it was unparalleled within modern history. How big, how big it was. So I, I'm just establishing that for contest because it's really easy to forget about, especially when you got like the, that goof ass Baz Luhrmann movie. <laughs> again, up dust about so, it. And, and again this one was so much better because it because Sofia Coppola is good interpreting like because she couldn't use Elvis's uh music right and I'm like you could have yeah. just gotten an Elvis impersonator who sounded just like him like if they did that for the just get Danzig um yeah <laughs> and so she's really good at you know mixing in different eras of music to fit the mood which is one thing I love about her <laughs> Uh, YouTube censoring the oh, cousin yeah. Marion jokes. What a time to be alive! All right. No, that's something I want your perspective on, Conan. Like, what do you do? You think that the music did a really good job of represent, representing like the mood from time to time? Yeah. Okay. So, so first of all, hi, Ravana. How are you? Hi. <laughs> so so glad you're on the show. It's, it's good to see you. Um. Well, oh, and the day after your birthday, nonetheless. It is. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday! Oh, yes. Fantastic. Thank birthday. you. Thank you. Uh. I think that there is this is not a movie that's focusing on the music, right? It's focusing on like their their relationship and and obviously a strong um you know heavy thumb on the scale as to uh what that means and implies. I mean, it's pretty relatively creepy from the from the get-go as far as that goes. But then think about the actual thing. It's, oh, it's really it's pretty creepy kind of does in the first place. But yeah, it's the soft pedaled version of creepy. Like, it's, it's... yeah, it's like, how do you get a guy to go pick up underage girls for you? Like, what the <laughs> hell? Uh, but I think that I mean, Sofia Coppola is really good at sourcing good mood music. Yeah, and uh, this is this is no exception to that. In fact, what I love is that uh, at the very end, the very end of it, it's the it's um, Dolly Parton's the original writer of "I Will Always Lo You Know Love You" and, and like. That was what's great about that is that Elvis was going to record that song, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yep. like everybody was happy about that. In the last minute, Tom Hanks, Colonel Tom Parker, yeah. <laughs> jumped in and was like, "Cool, but you're going to give us the publishing rights." And Dollar's like, "The hell I will!" Mm -hmm. And she didn't. It ended up being a big hit for her, but it ended up being even a way huge, huge, like bigger hit, like uh, later on for Whitney Houston, for Whitney Houston. And that built Dollywood. I mean, that's sort of like, you know, like she is so smart yeah. as, as a uh, writer because of that, but that there's some deft use of music and like using that to kind of close out, which frankly I found, found to be a very unsatisfying ending. Like, yeah. Was that like, was the thing I didn't like either. Cause it's like, like the, this is where Priscilla becomes interesting. Like yeah. she has like the yeah. whole career where she's like, uh, you know, teams up with Leslie Nielsen on like the Naked Gun, yeah. and like she's got this <laughs> yeah. super interesting arc. It's like, I want to see that movie. Like this is like this should be the beginning of the movie almost. Yeah, and even, my, even and even those parts of it, the yada yada yada, like her getting an interesting personality. Like you see the yeah. one scene where she's learning like karate and dancing or whatever, and in in the book, that's like multiple chapters where she's like, you know, she's slowly developing her own personality while she's yes. developing. The confidence to actually leave and Elvis becoming an adult, like she's yeah. she's, she's yeah. learning how to be an adult in this incredible, like in crazy environment that like no one has any precedent for because there's she just she never got to be a teenager. She never got to, and that's one thing why her whole world was wrapped around Elvis. Like her whole yeah. identity was tied to him. What he liked, she liked, or what you know had to like. She had no choice in what she wore, her makeup, her hair, her outfits, um, like movies music they had everything was them like 
tighter never than got to be a, a kid really either because i mean you know being an army Growing brat up, moving yeah. from you know i mean that's probably not a nice term for it but like going from place to place and like really having to yeah. uproot yourself every couple of years because the army is telling you to go there not because your family you know has some problem and they decide to move but because they're like within this army hierarchy which her stepfather you know whatever like her father was like you know higher up in it he was like a captain or something like that like he wasn't like a low ranking soldier so that kind of life is not conducive to having like a normal childhood because you start to have friends wherever you are. And then two years later, they're like, all right, time for you to go to, you know, she was moving around the country. And then they're like, time to go to West Germany as yeah. a teenager, which, you know, yeah. is, is a, to a totally different environment, especially right after the war. Well, well OK, yeah. so, this, so this is this is really interesting, but I think we just danced away from the topic of the music far too quickly, because if we yes. actually if we they had the usage of Elvis Presley music in this, this would make it more of a conventional biopic about Elvis. Yeah. And so it's more about Priscilla. It's more about Priscilla. Elvis through Priscilla's eyes, if that's right. a better way to describe it. Sure. And some of the usage of things like obviously uh, asynchronously, the Ramones were not, you know, were not around at that point. So like having "Baby, I Love You" in there, it's it's Ronis. but it's 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 really good. Uh, but there's also like Frankie Avalon, Righteous Brothers, like like it's all. It, it works so nicely, and that is where something that Sofia Coppola kind of shines at, I think, is having the usage of music as part of the overall aesthetic. Mm -hmm. uh, she's yeah. really good at that, and that's kind of like across all of her films. And I think that that's, um, I think it's bold to like not basically have any Elvis <laughs> music in there at all. It also yeah. happened to be like, I, I, well, I think Lisa Marie was like not, not down she felt right. that the movie like that was the last and final script that sophia gave her to read and yeah. she's like she's like this is very vindictive this is this portrays my father's a monster despite the fact she read elvis and me as a teenager and praised the book even though the book has a lot more yeah. she maybe felt differently as an adult you know yeah who that's knows? probably what it is because and, she and felt also, like she has like a better grasp on who her father is through her perspective the difference guess. between reading your mom writing about your father and their relationship and then giving that you know that that away to an artist that's creating a, a script based on yeah. your mother's words like you, you might feel a cognitive dissonance when looking at uh sophia coppola's work but speaking about music this is a, a clip i found from a recent um <laughs> hey kt i thought you wanted cohen's perspective on cousin marriages i'm against it actually <laughs> i'm very bold very brave, brave. um <laughs> right. so here, here's here's something where they're talking a little bit more um about the the music music choices in this oh cool and, awesome like her people from her team because she, she wasn't able to attend this uh new york film festival showing at the last minute wait for a microphone <laughs> Hi, great film. Congratulations, all of you. I'm, I'm curious about the music because there are no Elvis songs. For one thing, was that a problem just with the estate or clearing financially or anything other reasons? Yeah, you know, there was, uh, at, there was never um, a lot of Elvis songs, believe it or not, in, in the film originally. There were a couple of things that we were thinking of doing. Um, and then ultimately we ended up with this, uh, I want to say score, but with this music, because a lot of its source, even stuff that feels like score are, is sometimes some things that are, that have been, uh, that have, that have been modified. Uh, Randall Poster was our music supervisor, uh, Phoenix, who is, uh, who's done probably every film since somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, they were, uh, they were all they were involved. They're always kind of involved because um, uh, Sophia's married to Toma, who's who's in the band, uh, and so there's always sort of music um, 
even when we're shooting the movie, uh, there's music that's played on set. Uh, sometimes it's for mood. Sometimes it's like, oh no, we know that this is what this is this thing that we're going to use. Um, and so it was it was a long road, believe it or not. Like even though we knew there were certain cues, um, we were still swapping stuff out. Uh, at the eleventh hour, you know, to try some new thing, and it was uh, it, we we didn't really we couldn't really, you know, it was um, it was something that we decided to steer away from. Um, so that's that's why. And also, we kind of, you know, there was there was another Elvis movie that had come out, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so that was uh, it was great, but it was it was so different than what it was that we were doing, and a lot of that stuff was really uh, well handled before, and we were we were doing something something very different. It's easy to get distracted, you know, and because uh, Elvis is so sparkly, you know, and it was, uh, but for us, we were, we were very uh, diligent about it always being, you know, Priscilla's story because everybody knows Elvis, but not a lot of people knew Priscilla's story. Did that answer? The thing? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Right there in the middle. Yep. Uh, so this is for Kaylee and Jacob. Hi. <laughs> um, you've already mentioned how important costuming was, but I'm wondering if there was any specific article of clothing, a specific way that makeup was done, hair was done, that would really get you into character. <laughs> I think it was a, a combination of, of everything. That for me, it was down to when I would when I would. We, we had all the jewelry from the estate and it would be when I'd sort of clasp the ID bracelet or put the horseshoe ring on. It was like the kind of final touches, but it was really, a, it was a combination of everything. It was then being able to walk into this pretty bleak looking factory that we were working out of. And then you walk in and there's the lions of, of Graceland. And, right. and so it was kind of the whole world was built for us. So it was, it was almost impossible not, not to feel it. We had it easy when you when you walk into a set like that or you're wearing those kinds of costumes. I mean, a lot of the work gets done for you, you know, so it's a real gift to us actors. Um, yeah, I mean, there were times when I had that beehive on where I'm like, I actually can't move any other way than this. I don't really have any other options in these heels. And I, yeah, so, so it definitely <laughs> informed a lot of how I held myself, yeah. Yeah, Christina, is it true? Is it, is it hard to move in the beehive? I mean, this is not the tallest beehive, so I'm so so I'm kind of this is more of a buffet uh, type of wig, so I'm kind of relieved. I mean, honestly, the beehive could have been higher, but I don't think these headphones would have lasted. But but <laughs> from all the stories I've heard of women from the '60s, like Roddy Spike the Ronettes, they had to wear that beehive that was like ten feet tall. They needed so much hairspray, Aquanet. It's it's not an easy hairstyle to. Well, that's to, why they you know, put a, a hole in the ozone layer. Um, yeah, right, exactly. But uh, Ravana, I want to hear. Hair. I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts on this movie. Yeah, um, I. It was uncomfortable. It was an uncomfortable watch. It was supposed to be uncomfortable, so I I wasn't like mad about that. Um, as someone who was also groomed from a young age by someone much older in an inappropriate way, that made it difficult to watch. I struggled with, obviously, there was an impossible task here. You want to be faithful 
to what Priscilla wrote. You want to be faithful to telling the story from her point of view, but also being honest and not painting everything, you know, retroactively in a more positive light or, you know, she's always going to have a, a difficult time divorcing herself from the reality of what happened to her. Right. And you mm -hmm. have to portray it in an honest way. And I think there are some points where I wanted it to go further, to be more honest. And, and you would have to divest a little bit from how, you know, Priscilla herself is retelling these events, but I think it would have done more, because I've, I've already, you know, after I watched the movie, I watched a bunch of, of reviews from people who do film reviews on YouTube. And it was, you know, one of two things. It was either women doing the review, talking about how they wanted something more raw, something more honest, something, something that was willing to go uh, uh, to attack Elvis in the way that he's needed to be attacked. <laughs> it has never very honestly been portrayed you know in a film uh, representation of who he was or men crying and bemoaning how this film was too mean like, like that guy that forrest read yeah, it was yeah, just like, yeah yeah he was actually a really cool guy guys right exactly <laughs> so i don't know that's how i felt when i i you know i, I finished it it was um i you know there were so many aspects of the film that i thought were beautifully done um, I think the exploration of isolation and how even, you know, fame can be extremely isolating and, and, you know, struggling to find an identity was good. I actually disagree with what you said, Conan, at the beginning. And I, I agree that the more interesting part of Priscilla's life begins once she drives away. However, you know, if you want to, to make a film about her and Elvis, it kind of has to start and end where their relationship starts and ends. And, you know, maybe that would be a different film, but you know, I, what I, you know, this is her version of, of those events through her eyes, I suppose. So. Well, her, her, I was her, okay with it, but I, I agree that the more interesting aspect of her self-exploration and developing into, you know, uh, you know, the woman that she is a fully realized person. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not as an attache. It, it really begins at that point. Yeah, so. Yeah. Well, her her yeah. book uh, starts when Elvis dies, which is kind of an interesting place to start it. Like the, the first chapter or like the introduction or whatever is Elvis has just died and her daughter kind of is at the is at Graceland and like yep. is dealing with it. And they're not telling the daughter that Elvis has died and everyone's kind of running around frantically and they call her on the phone. They don't want to tell her everything that's happened. So the book kind of starts from that place. And I feel like that would be an interesting place to start a movie. Although it's, you know, I'm sure they didn't want to show Elvis dying because it would have taken her into like this, this downward spiral, probably having to see that again. But at the same time, that's one reason that like, it's hard to make a movie about something like this when the person's still alive and they have to kind of sign off on it. Like, I don't yeah. really know how you yeah. do that while being faithful to a story like this. Right. Yeah, I also wanted to see like uh, this whole Scooby story. Like, like you know, they they hint that uh, he hooked up with Scooby in this movie. And it's like... That that affair with Anne Margaret was always very intense, from what I've heard. That like I've always been on co-stars. I think you met Scooby Doo. I know, but I'm talking about Anne Margaret. That was the nickname for the mystery machine pulled up and Elvis jumped in. <laughs> Like, like, like a bunch of oil Scooby Snack. I haven't been seeing Scooby lately. Scooby Snacks fall out of his fucking. <laughs> his I think the nickname. What are these? I think the nickname Elvis gave Priscilla was Satinin, which is the yeah. nickname he gave to his. Well, they called each other. They called each other Satinin. 
yeah in the, in the book they they use that nickname back and forth he calls her he calls her little girl a lot of the time which is like yeah. dude you know for, you know you were grooming her then for like, him loves her her and him as well like that was a thing well i, I having nothing with any of that i'm sorry is that like i think Ravana hit on an interesting point that i think one of the things that sofia coppola really shines at is these um portraits of ennui and isolation and, and like having you not being able to live a normal life, like I'm thinking of like a, in the scene where like she's playing with the dog, right? And there's like the paparazzi and or, well, not the paparazzi, whatever the equivalent of paparazzi was back then, uh, hanging out and like she gets like admonished for it, like just for like playing with the dog, right? Like like, and Sofia Coppola is very good at that. Like you know, if you look at something like Lost in Translation, um, or uh, you know, uh, the Marie Antoinette one, or uh, like she's really good at showing that style of thing, and it probably has a lot to do with how she came up as mm-hmm. yeah. you know, the daughter of one of the biggest directors in the freaking world. Yeah. Uh, but but that's like that's like where she shines, yeah. and I think that that's that's one of the things I like the best about the film that like it really gets across like the claustrophobia of what's going on. What I yeah. don't love is that aside from her like taking the martial arts you don't really get to see her like what's he doing all day what is she doing just like she's pining? Mo- she she's mo- she's being a mona lisa marie she's trying to you know find ways to keep busy i mean again again guys like when elvis was filming she was like i tried modeling but it was either him or yeah. her career you know she tried she couldn't do any real extracurricular activities i, I get that but it's not in the film yeah, and yeah. I don't want this to be three hours long. I'm always one yelling about long films, right? <laughs> but like, I felt like that was the thing that I missed the most. It was like, well, obviously, we know what she's not doing, which is hanging out with Elvis. But what is she doing yeah. all day? And that's that's one of the reasons why I actually like that the martial arts dude and her doing the martial arts was in there because it's like, okay, there's at least some of it. Yeah, yeah, they they, they told more than they showed, uh, right, which right. is which is the problem. Um, well, and and I mean, you know, like after having read the book, like she starts taking the martial arts in order to try to connect with Elvis again yeah, uh, while he he's on the road that. and then ends up through that <laughs> developing right. her own life and her own confidence because she's good at it and her own personality and also, you know, having a couple of affairs with martial arts instructors yeah, on the side. Good for her. But like, but as, as she kind of breaks away from that, as she leaves Graceland, as she's able to leave that gilded cage, the thing that she thought was going to bring her closer to Elvis and, you know, save her marriage, actually ends up developing a spark which turns into her becoming her own being more and more you know what yeah, i mean yeah. so like that's something interesting that just kind of gets yada 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 uh, yeah and, that's what i'm saying it must be great in the book yeah. i would love to have seen it in this film i mean yeah yeah i, I, I feel think, like we got more time with like elvis's like douchebag buddies the big problem i had with this was was like the the first thing i get uh see after i get out of the the theater uh kt actually sent me a message asking me how the movie was and and i told her um this is like Zack snyder for women um, Z- Zack Snyder does a lot of things where he just he focuses on a, a moment and he thinks the moment's really cool and that's all his movies are just just really cool moments strung together with, with a haphazard plot and this movie um, uh, you know at least the, the 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 moments were trying to go somewhere but they, that's all the, there were never really any scenes like they were just moments and then uh, you know you had like mumblecore Elvis up there um well hey now hey, i mean <laughs> he was better than austin butler let's I, be real here i think that one of the strongest things in the movie is i think he was a kick-ass elvis he was good. Yeah. Really good job. especially know, knowing now that he's british especially I, I was now he's... for real no like we blasted right past that clip was a while ago but like I, I was like, this this dude's English? What the hell? Oh, I'm surprised he, he ate burnt bacon and not the fried peanut butter banana sandwiches to get to get to gain some weight to be Elvis. 
Well, I mean, like another another thing. When I anyway, you you were making a point. If you want to finish that up, yeah. And the the big thing about this movie is that there's just a lot of uh, like unfinished moments. It's just like they 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 kind of start going someplace, and then they just kind of uh, end, and then you're just going on to something else. And they yeah, don't, I mean, connecting no that was their relationship, to, but they don't like that thoughts or Ravana's thought too. Like you know what I mean? Like that is that is the same kind of. I think it's the same uh, sentiment that these moments are being explored because. Sofia Coppola is is doing this, you know, uh, with the approval of Priscilla. The, it feels like those moments are explored and they don't go anyplace. Like maybe because she hits a wall with, you know, the, the way that Priscilla would want Elvis to be portrayed. <laughs> Give us the Coppola cut. <laughs> right. I was going to make the same joke, but I didn't want to interrupt. They cut what? It was 11 pages off of the uh, the original final script uh i would be fascinated to know what was in those 11 extra pages yeah it was and, all, know, all of the was up to. i mean <laughs> honestly it was all scooby-doo related material right yes. yeah <laughs> you know maybe maybe we could cut the uh the threesome with scooby and shaggy i don't know if the, if the, if the final it just seems kind of patched in like it doesn't seem like it really fits the story <laughs> and, and velma's, just, velma's just watching i i don't crazy crossover right. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing that we got to remember is that Elvis depended on Priscilla for a lot of emotional support, but, but the problem was that he was also becoming more dependent on drugs. So his temper yeah. got oh, yeah. getting worse Which, and he was getting yeah. angry because the Beatles were taking over, you know, the British invasion was happening. His, his soundtracks on his movies were just getting sillier and sillier and yeah. no substance. Cause who likes those movies anyway? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were, they were meant to be like, they made, they made Elvis be played by a British guy. <laughs> <laughs> they were they, they, they were making trying to make him to like a matinee idol and like the music itself was like almost uh, it was purposely cheese whiz because the idea is yeah. you want to offend Colonel as little would people mess as with the soundtracks sure and, and, and uh, there's a great outtake if you ever get a chance uh, Doctor Demento every year on Elvis's birthday does a Elvis special and hmm. um, uh, I highly recommend listening to some of those because he'll actually play some of the outtakes and one of my favorites is like Elvis is singing about chickens. Like he's just like I'm talking around about these chickens, and, and he just like he, he cracks up laughing because the song is so stupid, yeah, and he's yeah. just like, "What the fuck is this stuff I'm singing right here?" <laughs> well, there's there's a very there's a very cult like element to everything Elvis, at least in the book, is is doing right from the grooming, from the taking a, like a girl from her family, I and wish then she, she loses she loses uh you know touch with her family, and she's even like afraid to go back to them because she's afraid that they're gonna take her back if she leaves Graceland. Like Graceland kind of becomes her her almost like cult institution. Elvis is searching for meaning and is going to all these gurus. Yeah. And you see yeah. that in the movie. Like you see him reading yeah. it and then they're like, take He's, those he, books they away st from They Elvis. stop being intimate with each other because he has this thing where he doesn't like sleeping with women who've had kids. And I'm like, I'm sorry, dude. It's kind of part of the marriage aspect. Just, <laughs> yeah, it, it, feel, it feels like, it feels very cult leadery. Like everybody at Graceland is just kind of following along with him. They know that they're just supposed to say yes and, and do whatever he wants. And then he becomes, you know, uh, increasingly violent or like, uh, you know, throws Temple people money. out when they disobey him or when they give him advice that he doesn't want. And he's yeah. searching for meaning and she's also searching for meaning. And the irony is that when she actually starts searching for her own meaning to save her marriage, the, the meaning develops her into her own person through this self-actualization self which is something that was happening. I mean, a lot of like bored housewives in the you know 1960s, 1970s, where we're finding the self, these self-actualization pro programs because they were so stuck in these kind of gilded cages and these kind of boredom and the humdrum life of being you know just a mother, and they wanted to start having careers and getting out of the house. And, and there's, there's no community these, either. Like like yeah, you know, you're not yeah. getting out. 
making friends, doing things because yeah. you're at home with the kids doing laundry. Well, well that's how Phyllis Schlafly was able to get a power base. Is, is yeah, yeah. <laughs> is like literally exploiting that. Mm-hmm. But that's a different movie entirely. Yeah, uh, or TV series on FX, which is very good. Uh, Highly recommended. Uh, I, I think all that's that's very important for context too, because again, the modern context of of like all this stuff is like you know lifetimes ago uh, for where we're at now. We have entirely different screwed up problems. But, uh, one thing that I really just want to note, because I, I don't know if it's giving me the chance to do it, is that this guy that played Elvis, uh, Alordi, is that how you say his name, Jacob Alordi? Yeah. yeah. I love that. That is one tall drink of water, like mm-hmm. that. And then Kaylee Spani is like tiny. Yeah. So I almost hope. And I don't want to know if this is true or not. That Sofia Coppola cast them, like, and that being like at least one of the factors where, like, the wrongness of the of the height is like, holy crap, dude! Yeah, they. I think reading it, they did that on purpose to really show off the power dynamic. Yeah, because well, that's just it, and that's why I was just gonna say is that like because it really shows the power dynamic that he's this giant, this literal giant, and like she's like, and the way they shot everything too, like like they shot her down, like to make her look smaller. Like, no, it, uh, it, it feel it feels very Elvis Elvis like in this moment. Um, apparently, a lot of people are really mad at Jacob Elordi because he had this big uh, young female fan base for being in the Kissing Booth movies, which I've never heard of. And then Euphoria. But, and but he was saying like I don't you know, know either of those things. Yeah, but so recently he was, like, I don't know. he was like, I never wanted to make those movies. I wanted to be a serious actor. And now like they're all like, mad he's at getting him for all this, all this, uh, yeah. all this outrage from his like young. He had this like really passionate young female fan base that's sure. like. So you're you're turning your back on us who have been there for you forever, and that feels very Elvis too, right? Like, of course, yeah, like, that's uh, exactly it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. throughout his entire thing, he's like, I don't want to be in these like you know these comedy musicals anymore. I want to expand myself. I want to be a serious actor. I want to be the next you know Marlon Brando. And meanwhile, all, like and the like, young ladies wanted to yeah. see him and some other hot chick like on the beach, like hanging out. You know, yeah, yeah. and that's the same you? thing yeah. with this, you know, with Jacob <laughs> Alert. So that, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a funny. Uh, well, and I think that's that probably is factored in to it as well. Like, Sofia Coppola is not a uh, very smart lady. Uh, but I, I love that the idea of because this is almost like a weird, like jacked up fairy tale in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. So just to have those like literal height extremes and they really do like lay into it. Like I think it works exceptionally well. And also peace and love, peace and love. Like I, I people couldn't shut up about Austin Butler's performance as Elvis. I'm sorry. This guy's way better. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's not a contest, but come on. He did not. So, okay, everyone's like, "Well, he just because he got Elvis's stuck into the eyes. dialect. Anyone can get stuck in the dialect." Yeah, yeah, I do that all the time whenever I'm watching British stuff, and my kids get so mad. Yeah. You must get stuck yeah. in the dialectic of, of <laughs> the Elvish, the Elvish character. Uh, but I wanted did... to bring that up because I think that 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 again, a feather in Sofia Coppola's <laughs> ha- ha- uh, cap. That was like a really inspired move, uh, yeah. and it, and I would at some point like to talk about uh, Kaylee as well. But I, Christina, go ahead. Yeah. What you're going to go with? So when it came to Elvis's controlling nature when threatening Priscilla that he that you know if she dared question him with like rumors of affairs or you know where he's been and all that. Where did these Scooby snacks come from? He Sorry. would he would threaten be like I'm sending you home to your parents, no question. He would throw her stuff everywhere and then two seconds later he's like, where do you think you're going? Him loves her and I'm like that's when I was like, yeah, what? I'm yeah. like that that that's red flags right there. I mean that's the controlling manipulative like. 
if, 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 where if, were where were you during this romance? You could have been there. To not more. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I would have been Priscilla's guru. Be like, girl, that's a red flag. Like, if I if that's a red flag, I've ever seen one. Christina uses time travel exclusively to counsel women from earlier eras. <laughs> yes. Girl, yeah, you better ideas. break up with him right now. You know, seriously. <laughs> Actually, that'd be a pretty good movie. <laughs> like, what if? But like, famous yeah, yeah. couples. Yeah, like, I'd I would be like, like hot tub time machine but instead of like you know doing stuff for yourself you're, you're helping. Elizabeth, uh, Elizabeth Taylor don't have an affair with Eddie Fisher that's your best friend's man like <laughs> see we're see we're giving it away right here yeah. <laughs> Uncle Alligator you want to you want to pitch this? listen kid this okay. is gonna be a blockbuster picture it's got everything time travel broads I love it consider it greenlit <laughs> Those, but, are two, uh, those are the two things so time travel and broads okay but, but since, <laughs> since we touched on this earlier right like the the, the whole thing about priscilla as like a, a person that's still alive that you know wants her story told a certain way with motor like, oil injected into her cheeks this is uh the, the this is her you know this is a interview she did recently with Gosh, sophia coppola so where you're talking about why she allowed sophia coppola to tell the story right so her her reins on this are pretty uh pretty tethered i'd say And I never discussed it. You know, I have told that. a girlfriend, like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I, I met all this. Mm -hmm. or, can you imagine no, keeping no. that to yourself? Such an unbelievable story. Hi, I'm Sophia Coppola. Hi, I'm Priscilla Presley. And we're here talking with The Hollywood Reporter. When I read Priscilla's book, I was really struck by it's this, um, you know, this world that seemed so exotic growing up at Graceland with Elvis, but then she wrote it in such a way that was really relatable and and with um, you know her sensitivity and struggles and what it was really like. So I just thought it was so interesting to have her perspective on this unique setting, but it was so relatable and that she goes through things that all young women go through. You called them and told me what you wanted to do. And of course, I was never going to say no because I admire her and her family. I think too, I relate to, and I felt that she, because of her father and your whole family, actually so talented and knows, you know, knows how to tell a story. Thank so. you. I just remember as a as a young woman starting making films that I didn't always see how I felt teenage girls were represented in a way that was relatable, and I always felt like the actors were much older and. Um, when I read the book of Virgin Suicides, I really felt like I wanted to make that film and kind of show an interior life of teenage girls in a way that I felt was relatable. So I guess that was something that I just felt like I didn't see very often and, and wanted I wanted to express. And yeah, I've always been interested in, in these stories and um, connected with that side. And and I think it's always interesting how life throws such situations you would never see at you and then how you um, how it may, helps shape who you are and how you um, deal with it. What about boys at school? Must be some handsome ones. You look back and you go, why me? You know, why am I here? Why am I driving, you know, in a limo going through the gates of Graceland and being with Elvis? I think, you know, he had a lot of trust in me. He confided a lot of things to me when we were in Germany. His fears, his his loves, his his concerns uh, about his father. 
he he just trusted me and I, I never ever said anything to anyone. I never exposed him in any way that would that would that I would even share with anyone. I think what that how that started was I never told anyone in Germany when I went back to school that I was seeing him. They didn't know until when he left Germany and I was in the press did they know. And I never discussed it. You never after told that. a girlfriend, like, mm -mm. oh my God, I, I met all this. Mm -mm. Can you imagine like, no. keeping no. that to yourself? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I would never, that was you know. first kiss. Like, I mean, like all those <laughs> no, things I that didn't. you know. No. It's so wild. It's so hard to believe. It's yeah. such an unbelievable story. I just remember the detail of like you putting on your eyelashes as you're going into labor and imagine like trying to wake up Elvis <laughs> in the morning because he never woke up before yeah. 4 p.m. And yeah. just, I think all the details of the reality of her life um, is so fun to know about and also kind of really puts you in the story in her, in, through her eyes. I have to say, when I saw the, saw the movie, I was truly engrossed in it and tried to separate myself from, you know, that it's my story. At the end, I actually, I was quite emotional. It was, it was done just so really sensitively with a lot of care. And I uh, had tears in my eyes for sure. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, one thing when uh, I think what made her really do stand out in the press was that when Elvis was going back to the U.S., she was there. There's video of her waving at him, video of her like being like getting out of the car with him. And so she became a bit of like she was in the papers and like, oh, Elvis is you know new girl. And they, they would it was they would ask her. She's like, no, I don't you know, we were just, you know, it was a once a lifetime, you know, meet. But when he came back to the States, he was interviewed about this little girl that he was seeing, which was Priscilla. But he's like, you know, there was no big romance. You know, her father was in, was in the Air Force as well. And, you know, she was just a fan. Well, apparently they were calling her up in West Germany and being like, hey, we'll pay, we'll pay for your tickets to go to America and be groomed by Elvis more. Because yeah. then the press has some yeah. kind They of didn't phrase it like that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, little girl. Like, you man, wanna, I'm sold. Did you, you know he you was Nancy Sinatra? Like, <laughs> but it, it, it is rather interesting that they actually thought that it would be nice to, or a good idea to actually have her be there with him when he was heading back to the U.S. Now, I'm like, you guys should have known that she was going to be a, a bit of a, a, a tabloid story in West Germany. And someone in America, considering what just happened with Jerry Lee Lewis and his cousin. But again, Elvis's team was a was a lot more smarter in hiding Priscilla. Because when they got married, people were like, "Oh, we don't know who you are, but congratulations!" You know, how does it feel to be Mrs. Presley? Like, oh, well, I mean, Elvis's entire, Elvis's entire thing is his sexuality, right? Like, yeah, for for him to have like a, a live-in girlfriend or fiance or whatever would kind of ruin that for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know. It doesn't really get touched in on in the book or the movie, but like people were willing to fucking like uh, send death threats and like be upset that like they're like I I could have been with Elvis. It's like, but yeah. you don't know Elvis. Like <laughs> that's not 
that's not yeah. somebody you've ever met before like what, right. what do you mean like yeah but like people actually yeah. like broke into their into graceland and like tried to like assault her after they got married and like some girl was like trying to fight her on the lawn for elvis and it's like there's like not yeah. anybody that elvis knew or yeah. not anybody that like either of them had ever met before it was just some like random fucking girl who yeah. was really like into elvis as a fan like it's a level of kind of psychosis that you know that like collective psychosis kind of as as a nation um with with this level of fame a lot throughout the 20th century not just with elvis but like yeah. elvis kind of took that to a to a new height yeah not gonna lie wanna... elvis fight club is something i would watch <laughs> i'm just sitting there wondering what the era appropriate version of world star would be but yeah <laughs> but one thing i want to ask you guys is you know it's hinted about you know the more elvis and priscilla you know get close the more strained the relationship with their parents is, parents has become especially with her stepfather considering that she knew that he wasn't her real dad and that made that final fight really like was like you know what she's in love he seems like a good man he ain't gonna do anything to her let her live in Graceland under these conditions. Like at first well, she was supposed to live very, with, his, with very, Elvis's dad. Like what I was saying earlier with kind of like a cult leader kind of thing, like uh, the kind of person that uh, knows to use those titles of respect and like knows how to manipulate, you know, older men, like a, like a father by being like, sir, captain, I'll take great care. Like it totally shifts their personality to kind of yeah. be this deferential person in order to manipulate. Like that, is, that is its own uh, dynamic, I think. And like, I don't know, like if I, if I ever had a daughter, which I hope to God, I never fucking have kids, but like, if I, ever had a daughter, <laughs> like, uh, you know, I like, that's the kind of person that I would watch out for more than somebody who, kind of is capable of like being themselves around you right. you know what i mean like it's a superficial dynamic that definitely comes from a place of manipulation you just have to wear those full body condoms like priscilla presley and Liz yeah. and <laughs> yeah. uh, also do you I, I i love how that character is like always notice how he mentions his wife every time too well me and my wife could blah 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 like he makes a special point of uh mentioning like every time which i think is like like subtle yeah. and yeah well and you could shock it up to that the kid didn't get kidnapped when some guy comes around, <laughs> some stranger, and is like, I could, I could take your girlfriend to meet Elvis. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Like, but I think that that's like, you know, the way that that sh I actually like that a lot because the way um, it's shot, like, there's a certain amount of like, you're just going to shock him and I'm like, oh, well, those were, those were different times, right? And then, like, it's a point of like, why does he keep mentioning his wife? And it's like, well, yeah. why do you think, you know, like, it's like he's trying to like establish. That like it doesn't need to be a supervised situation, you know. So yeah. like I, I it's, like like you guys spend, you know, the time that you spend together. What do you do? And she's like, well, I think my husband means, and he's like, no, I mean, what do you do? And yeah. I'm like, come yeah. on, Paul, you know what they're doing? They're yeah, making yeah. out, chatting, making out. You know what they're doing? Oh, uh, you know. Well, the, uh, the book also has like talk this about really, the Bible. This really terrifying <laughs> moment that she writes about. Where uh, Elvis lets one of his friends, the, the one time Elvis lets one of his friends drive Priscilla home, the and guy tries to rape her. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, in, in the car, and is like all over her, and is like you know touching her, and she's trying to escape. And finally, in the book, she says he gives up because she's you know uh, she's screaming and and you know uh, manages to like kind of push him off. But then the, you know Elvis kind of throws the guy out. But she's wondering throughout this entire time if she's just kind of. Um, supposed to be like this groupie that elvis is kind of just passing around to his friends and like if it was purposeful that elvis let him you know let this guy take her home and like all of this kind of stuff is you can't really translate it into a movie right like all of this personal monologue is kind of impossible to translate into in, into a movie from the form of why there's a miniseries yeah. well even the miniseries right like it's hard to translate all of her feelings that she's putting into this book on paper into any kind of 
you know, yeah. like anything that's well, because it's a complicated story, and like she's a she's a human being that yeah. contains multitudes, and if you're trying to tell the same story about like one of the biggest pop stars in the history of modern culture, yeah, like yeah. as a it side character. Guys. That still has guys defending in the crowd. Yeah, who still, who still has who still supply has guys. Who still has shooters. Exactly. Exactly. After yeah. all these years. I, um, <laughs> Leslie Nielsen would have, will, will return. I'm putting together a team. <laughs> well, you know what? Priscilla, two and a half, Priscilla, two and a half, uh, the smell of fear. <laughs> but for the podcast people, the comment is uh, let, Leslie Nelson should have been in the post credit scene like the Avengers movie. <laughs> Fantastic! Honestly, yes, I will absolutely. say it's a good it's a good thing that that Elvis wanted to wait until they were married to finalize sex with her because Lisa Marie Deadass was conceived on their wedding night was born exactly nine months later. Yeah, no joke. You, you, I think Python did it better. Where where you know it's uh, we only had sex once, twice, and we have two children. You know. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, by, by, film and it's just like, uh, but they didn't actually spell it out. I'm just like, well, that's interesting. Like, is, what are we dealing with this information? Like, has like, sex again, once. It was a yeah. moment, <laughs> but it wasn't as sex once dies. My Leslie Nielsen uh, Avengers post credit scene, by the way. Would have been um would have been Leslie Nielsen as like the, the serious actor touching the fart machine for the first time and having it go off and then the movie just you know what I mean? like it cuts to black. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, it, it, wait, so but, so we wanted to talk about I know we wanted to talk about uh Kaylee and yes. I have we haven't um, at all and we're like right. almost an hour in. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have I'm pretty have sure she's in this movie, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> Priscilla without Priscilla. Yeah, exactly. I, I gotta say, like she she really carried this movie too. Like, yeah. like yeah. oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, as th a, there's a lot she, she, as a as a newbie. Yeah, and, and I mean, as even though there's a lot the problems with the film, like like she does actually carry the film, and you you pay attention to her whenever she's on screen, uh, even though like she she's a very quiet and subdued character. She's also, I don't know if anyone else is familiar with the other stuff she's done. Like she's, uh, she was in the, um, uh, bad times at the El Royale. She was, she's really good at oh, that, but, yeah. but she like is, is a kid. She's the younger kid. She's like, like the, like a kid there. Uh, but she's really great in devs, which is utterly fantastic. It is not a movie, but it's an Alex Garland joint and maybe my favorite one of his. And her character is a, like, she plays a character who's a dude or, 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 or like, you know, presenting as trans at bare minimum. And, She's really great in that too, and this is like such an uber femme role, right? The most femme of femme roles that you could possibly yeah. do. She's gonna get some awards for like best newcomer, new like rising star, probably for this film. I mean, I pretty well deserved. It's, it's I, I, she was fantastic in it, and like mm -hmm. the fact that like I was, I actually had to look up, be like, was it like a different actress as a kid? Oh, and, and it's like no, no. That was like literally just like makeup, lighting, like uh, costuming, and, and her acting ability. And I think that well, was she goes between incredible. yeah, she goes between thirteen here and uh, like you know twenty something. Like you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's kind of a she. It's a range, and her posture and throughout it changes. Like yeah. Well, she has that kind of cherubic kind of thing going on naturally, anyway. So I guess you can pull that off. I, I mean, I was very impressed, like top to bottom, with uh, Kaylee. So anyway, let's, let's hear about it. Press T to B, <laughs> top to bottom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Kaylee, um, can you say a little bit about how you approached the role? 
I mean, what something that Yuri said about, you know, the film covering a certain span of time um, is important. I mean, the Priscilla at the end of the film is very different from the one we meet at, at the start. Yeah, I think that was something that was really important to map out before we went into the filming process because, you know, we, we only shot this film in 30 days and just sort of flying by the seat of our pants. So I think, you know, obviously that is the movie, is her arc and her journey with this man and finding herself at the end. So um, that was definitely something I, I tried to spend as much time as I could. And then once you, you know, it's just like the jumping out of the airplane um, analogy, it's exactly what happened. You just sort of had to cross your fingers and hope that your homework really comes through. But I will say um, the, you know, Stacy, such a beautiful job. And that was such a grounding piece in, um, you're welcome. Um, and uh, sort of keeping my head on straight on where I was and, you know, in the morning I'd be uh, p pregnant and then after after lunch I'd be 14 years old so so <laughs> so so it was um so those costumes and hair and makeup were you know huge and sort of grounding me in those and and that arc and that journey um and sort of informed how I would move and my mannerisms and um sort of where she was at in her her journey um so when you're playing you know um a real life person is I'm curious if you if you met with Priscilla, and I'm curious if you know physical resemblance and mannerism matter or or not so much. Um, I I did. Um, Priscilla was very gracious with her time, and uh, uh, we met in Los Angeles. And uh, I think first time we met, we ended up talking for about four hours. So um, for her to take that time and really go through the story and relive everything again with me, and I really tried to make sure it didn't feel like I was sort of. Um, uh, trying to sort of interrogate or try to, you know, to, felt like a reporter or something. I just tried to sort of sit back and see how much she felt comfortable telling me. But just, just being in front of her and in her presence was so informative in how um, I, I played, uh, tried to do my own version of her story. Um, you know, she's a woman from a different time, different different generation. She's she's American royalty, really. So the way she holds herself now um in and and in prep, you know all the the mannerisms and how she speaks and um, how she goes about life is very important. And then you just, like I said, you just hope that all comes through once you start playing the role and get getting into the scene work. And Jacob, how about approaching Elvis? I mean, she's apparently going to be in the new newest Alien movie it's coming mm. out, and Alex Garland has a new movie called Civil War. Uh, that she's going to be in that's going to be coming out next year too. i mean she did a phenomenal job at you know bringing out the essence of priscilla presley because priscilla seems is very prim proper very feminine soft-spoken well-mannered type of of woman like it's rarely do you hear priscilla presley yell is what i'm saying like she's not like she was always this nice soft-spoken woman but she also, as we all know of her as an actress, she has great comedic timing and yeah, is very, uh, you know, not a serious individual at times, which is great. Oh, she has a great beaver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that scene where her and Lizzie Nielsen are like running hand in hand, they clothesline the other couple. <laughs> I love the ones where she's like, good. I'm boiling a roast. Something on my mind. Yeah. And they, they have the hot dog fight, that same part where the, the guy they yeah. squeezes the hot dog fucking mustard all over the guy that's <laughs> the hot dog. Yep. Like, 
<laughs> uh, Kaylee's great in this, though. I mean, like, I, I honestly probably couldn't have picked her out of a lineup uh, just because everything I see her in, she's kind of like chameleon like. Like, I remember yeah. specifically, like, she was one of the things I, I actually like Bad Times at Del Royale. <laughs> and I thought that she was great. I was like, oh, that kid actor is great. And apparently, she wasn't a kid. She yeah. looks like a kid. I wonder how many wigs <laughs> so, she had to go through. I know, right? Yeah. What was the a wig lot. budget on this? Raybana, would you rock a beehive? Um... Or would you be more Priscilla's, like, slightly teased long, straight hair? I did used to tease my hair, not in like a, a you know classic type of way, but in the uh, I had an emo phase kind of way. Oh so, yeah, so you, you know. Have, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you get a bump it? Did I get a what? A pump it. A bump it. Oh yeah. Uh, my my uh, my, uh, my, my youngest know. was uh, my oldest actually. I'm sorry. My oldest was like obsessed with them when they were like four, uh, and <laughs> uh, anytime somebody had like nice hair, they they would go up to them like, "Are you wearing a lady bump it?" <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that sounds like a creature I, from middle earth to me I, but okay i really liked her ability to like even when she wasn't the focus of a scene then you know there's elvis is you were talking about his is uh you know ruckus of of friend group is sort of you know dominating the space you're still drawn to her you're still yeah. watching her and not them you know they're you know the active participants in what's going on, but you just want to look at her instead and the ability to do that and to like communicate uh, an emotional experience without saying much of anything at all. I think, you know, just really shows her chops as an actress. And it's all in the face. Yeah, quietly so draw attention yeah. dead in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well and like yeah like even when they're like ran around like shooting things and stuff which by the way have we not have we not talked about like the color coordinated guns right. in, yeah. this, <laughs> in this film because i was like holy crap that's amazing they told her to carry a gun even to school and i'm like yeah. people say americans don't have culture <laughs> <laughs> like i mean can you imagine though like trying to finish school you you were a schoolgirl by day, a femme yeah. fatale at night. You had to party until four o'clock in the morning. You had to get up at five a.m. to get ready for school. She 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 did the impossible. You were taking. Right. Well, that was one of my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, that's why one of my favorite scenes was she's like, "Hey, uh, want to meet Elvis? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can uh, show me that test. So, like, yeah, I, know. I can make it happen. <laughs> like, because that's that actually is like some okay. This shows like again, she's in this impossible situation that like, what modern parallel is there? Well, there isn't one except for like you know it was something like the Middle Ages or something. But yeah, uh, like I, those are the kind of things I really liked in this film where it's like. Like again, all these nudniks that Elvis is hanging out with, like you know, they're hanging outside with these nuns, and all their guns are out too, and they're just like you know cutting up, and it's like, what is happening? This is like this is not a, even remotely in, in the same neighborhood as normal, you know? Like yeah. it's crazy. Never seen God a movie nuns with guns. <laughs> and the nuns are and the nuns are starstruck too, which I love. I know too, they're like, oh, <laughs> I love no, I love I love the line the nun says she's like, uh, I think God really did bless those hips. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that's right, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, it, nuns are people too, right? Like, uh, oh, they, they 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 got they they're not. I mean, we covered so. Benedetta. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like I feel like uh, Elvis is kind of one of those interesting cultural phenomenon where like. The you know it's the, the the appeal is so universal even among people who don't really want to admit most of the time that they're uh, enamored by those moving moving hips right like yeah honestly I think the best sequel to this movie would be what Lisa Marie 
from her perspective of being with Michael Jackson, because those are almost parallel in a weird yeah. way. But the way, but a lot of people are like, did you marry him because, you know, your mom married the biggest star of her yeah. time? And you, she's like, no, it was something that my mom was against and I did it anyway. Like, woo wee, mom doesn't like this. Let's go. Like, that was always their kind of relationship as, as mother and daughter. Close, but strained. And I kind of wish that this movie did show more of the, like, mothering Priscilla did with Lisa Marie up until, like, Elvis's death. And I feel like Elvis's death was kind of missing because I don't think the movie... Elvis and Priscilla don't necessarily end until he actually dies because they're always constantly in each other's lives, despite him and, having and even girlfriends. after death, like like he's, yeah. a, he's yeah. a big specter over her shoulder. Yeah, they always have to ask like, "Oh, what was it like meeting Elvis? What were you two doing in the bedroom? What was it like? You know, blah 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 blah." And and I, I would be annoyed, but she, I, would I think there comes a time when you don't when you have to accept that that's part of like your your life and you have to just talk about it when people get asked about it it's kind of like with lisa marie and michael jackson's relationship she just got you know i mean talk her. about annoying like how about elvis reading bible verses at her yeah like i mean geez, she's like, just, i just want to have sex like come on dude yeah. like, i just want to bone down and you're reading bibles that me. Yeah. <laughs> that's like that's like that uh that's like that, that meme that everybody posts where it's like babe come on and it's the crying girl and he's yeah. like one second i gotta defend stalin on twitter but instead it's always being like one second i gotta keep reading these bible verses but <laughs> even when he's you know a born again whatever he was out sleeping around with with groupies oh, yeah. while she was at home because sure. he didn't like the idea of having sex with her because you know a baby baby came out of her and i'm like that's so hypocritical because that's part of the reasons why their marriage fell apart because she didn't want the mansion she didn't want graceland she didn't want the jewelry the furs the, yeah. the outfits the, the vacation home she just wanted elvis yeah but she couldn't she couldn't even you know she can't even get him a glass of water he has to press a button for that their but relationship I, I think I, some of that gets over in this film i think but i don't yeah. think enough of it does and i yeah. think that that's mostly not from the elvis side actually but i think mostly from the fact that other than again the the the, the pining by the window thing that sofia coppola excels at like you just don't see enough of what priscilla's feeling or what what her days are like what these empty days are like yeah and, and and I think that again, I don't want this movie to be longer. It's plenty long as it is, but like yeah. that's that's like probably one of my biggest complaints is that like I feel like it would have been much because because obviously Kaylee's so great in the role that I think like you want more of her. You would want some more of that. Yeah, because yeah, because sure. we well, don't and, really and get a feel for her. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the film, like who she was before Elvis. Yeah, uh, and how there really Elvis, isn't. She isn't. She's a child, is what she is. Yeah. Right. She was a literal <laughs> child. Short <laughs> again, like, like, come on. You know, like, who is anybody at the age of 13? I yeah. mean, <laughs> a military brat. You know, you, have, you still have your dreams and whatnot. And there was there was nothing to kind of like give you like who she, give you a sense of who she was before Elvis, what it was that, that uh, made that, uh, um, you know, the grooming pimp, I guess I'm going to call him, uh, you know, who came up and, and uh, recruited her. That's Sergeant grooming him to you, by the way. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> sorry. I mean, the book. The book, to be fair, doesn't really. I mean, there isn't much but, like she's but like, a kid. Like, yeah. yeah. I, and the, but the thing is, though, it's like it's it's this is a different medium, though. Um, and so like we're we're stuck with this like um because there's a lot not said in the movie, and you you know it seems like you know if you if you if you're watching this uh if you haven't seen the movie and you're listening to this conversation, everybody's saying like, oh well, this is this is from the book, and it's like. Well, yeah, that makes sense once you see the movie, but like, you you don't get this without that. Uh, you know, you have to read the like book more to fleshed out. 
And that's well, not, I'm just, that's I'm just not saying, how, I don't think a movie think, should be on its, you know, to stand on its own. You should, you shouldn't have to read a book to understand a freaking. Yeah, but what, what what I'm saying is that I don't think that she, in her mind, recorded much of who she was before. Like, I don't think there was really a who she was. That's before. fine. She's, I mean, she's but a like, military brat. This, this movie from base to base. Her, she's not directing. Yeah, but I think in the end, she probably was like, "I was just a lost little kid, nothing else." Yeah. She's, I mean, are we all? Little, but... She's a little kid. She's a little kid who's been taken out of America and brought to West Germany, and has no friends there. Has yeah. is completely isolated. It's from like everything. she was isolated most of her life. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I, I at that age, I wanted to be a hip hop dancer for for a <laughs> rap. Cool. Uh, <laughs> Mr. You know, Dolly. like. like... <laughs> the, the Andy dance is your chance to do the. Living color was a big deal when we were when, 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 yeah, when we were the very formative age. <laughs> yeah, I wanted oh, yeah. like we're gonna work with MC Hammer and that's what's up. Uh, <laughs> I okay, I, I don't know how to Love get out of that, but we are gonna get out of it. Uh, I, I think that I, I understand your complaint, Andy, but I, I think ultimately it just comes down to the fact that like we're Sofia Coppola tends to rest on the feelings instead of the actions in a lot of cases. And sometimes I think that works better than others. And and I would have liked to have seen more of what she was up to to fill yeah. those days. That, that I that's think it's funny scary. that she was that Elvis offered her to be an actress, but she's terrified. But she was terrified. And right. now that she's like, when she got older, she became an actress. Yeah, a really good one too. Yeah. Oh yeah, her comedic time is phenomenal. Yeah, she's awesome. I think, again, I just, just can't believe she almost made Robert Kardashian Senior. I'm like, oh my god. She, I mean, that would have been weird. An interesting book too. <laughs> Well, that, that story me. came out recently that he, she was seeking legal advice while she was dating Robert Kardashian, and he would uh, he, he would kind of listen to Elvis's phone calls, like, in a, and they made it sound pretty pervy. Like he would sit there and have another phone on, listening to her and Elvis's phone calls while she was talking to Elvis in this kind of uh, you know vicarious way, I guess. And we wouldn't have had Chris Jenner. Come on now, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to see what it would be like, like an alternate universe with like the Presley Kardashians. They're, right. Of, you know what I mean? Like they're like, <laughs> yeah, maybe less annoying. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually kind of relieved though that like when it came to casting, like no one, like absolutely no one was like, let's get you know. Riley Keough to play Priscilla because that would have been a no. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> she looks more like her grandfather. She looks more like a Presley than a Bull you. They needed someone who had that innocence. Girl, you look like Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> they needed, they needed someone. Yeah. <laughs> they needed someone with, who, can, who can carry a film from the time she's 13 to when she's like almost 30. And Kaylee does that phenomenally. You know, yeah. you see the you, you yeah. see like her, you know, the youth, and then she matures a little bit with the hair and the makeup, and then when I mean, her, her hair, you know, even changes. Like her posture changes. Yeah, throughout yeah. the entire thing, which is something that also, I mean, you know, Priscilla Presley even comments on in her own story. Like it, it's a posture change, but like she really embodies that. She embodies that without them being like, look, she's getting older now, so now she's stand, like, you know, what I mean, she's standing up straighter and taller, or she's uh, like more crouched. Like, like they don't. I mean, they kind of point out when they're like, "Isn't that girl pretty young?" Which I thought was kind of funny. That that's how they—that's how they allude to the grooming. They're like, yeah. "Wow, that girl sure is young." That Elvis is with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so Ravana, you touch on the fact that that there, you know, with some of the debate on this, that you you thought that some people were kind of like mad at the grooming element. I thought it almost like was too heavy-handed with it in some ways, but also just kind of like weirdly oblique in other ways, where it's like, well, if you're gonna do this, then like commit to it. 
Yeah. Right. That was sort of like what my complaint was. It goes, you know, you set the groundwork up to make, you know, a stronger commentary on what's happening. And then you don't go there. Right. You pull the punch. And I, I want that punch. Right. I think, I think that we need it. And maybe again, like there was, uh, you know, Lisa Marie Presley's, you know, and, and of course her untimely death sort of, maybe had some influence over put some, <laughs> their... put some speed bumps in, in this right yeah. um, but they had her criticism right, much like it. the speed bumps that elvis was taking throughout the whole <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know i, I, I do I, yeah i was disappointed a little bit i do wonder because it's a creepy vibe like it yeah. is sort of like like it's sort of like uh, like I, when i started in with that I was, I was like oh is it all gonna be like to catch a predator? Like, what's, ha- what's <laughs> happening right now? Chris Hansen pops out of the corner. Yeah. Brian is, like, hanging out sort Get of, to the like, at, at, oh, wait, at, at the diner, right? right? And then they're like, oh, hello, little girl. You don't know me, but yeah. my name, like... And yeah, of course, it was, it was guys, like, Stranger Danger, Stranger Danger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been, been way funnier if they kept the name Cary Grant. Like, I'm Cary Grant, and I'd like to take you to meet Elvis. Oh, but yeah. It's yeah. like a creepy thing yeah. where they're like... They're, and the guy approaches her father after that and is like, hello, sir. I'm approaching you to say I'd like to take your daughter to meet Elvis, which is like also like after that entire scene is played out, like yeah. he's trying hard, right? Like he's kind of pushing into the situation and there's a lot of pushing and, and pulling and pushing and pulling with her relationship yeah. with her parents and her ongoing attraction to Elvis that like they definitely touch on, but don't uh, then they touch with kid gloves. The same thing with Elvis being abusive and on drugs. Like it seems yeah. like they, they allude to the drugs and then they pull away. And they allude to his abuse when he like throws the chair at her head and everything, and then they yeah. pull away. Like it's they they're pulling punches at the last minute in order to, um, I think you know save her feelings or save the family's reputation in ways that I'm like, it's hard to it's hard to watch this and be like you're you're committing halfway. You like, you, you, you can't cancel Elvis. There's always gonna be Elvis fans. We all know she was groomed. She she deep down she probably feels it, but she doesn't want to admit it. I mean, I just wonder what it would have been like with Lisa Marie still alive. How she would, I mean, we all know how she felt, but I wonder if she, you know, would have, you know, been even more against it after watching it or being like, oh, you treat, you know, but even then, that was the final script. So she criticized it for being too anti Elvis. But we all know that they didn't go far enough. Anti Elvis bias. I understand that you have to be careful, like with the family's estate, right? That was the issue. But to some extent, I don't fucking care what Lisa Marie Presley <laughs> thinks about. She wasn't there for most of this story. And Word. she doesn't remember the parts of her, the very early parts of her life where she was there. And I mean, her yeah. obviously she's in the, the movie. Very not, uh, not yeah, baby. important character. <laughs> yeah. Literal infant. But, yeah. you know, so it's like, and yeah, you have to, you have to, you know, you have to, skirt around what the estate is telling you i understand that that's an obstacle you have to overcome but i just don't fucking care what she thought about it it's not her story why you think you just come around at the last minute for the last nine years of the story and have a say huh yeah if if they were making a movie about how my parents met like my input on it is irrelevant i wasn't saying there my sister would be more involved in the film because she's seven years older than me there's like well, a, there's just like a desire to preserve a legacy i think and i, I think that as a culture we kind of bump against this wall a lot like the the you know with with the kennedys as a good example right like yeah, people right. are really angry at anyone that tries to like burn down camelot and our collective memory of that or yeah. like 
our collective memory of a lot of things. Like there's and, and the internet's kind of made it worse because every fucking person has a voice and an opinion now when they don't really need to. And yes. it's just somebody online being like, Y'all treated Elvis like shit in this movie. Don't go see it. <laughs> and now that like the backlash with Elvis fans getting into this because they're kind of aggressive and especially you know, they're fans oh. of the Elvis film by Baz Lerman. Yeah. Because there's always this oh Elvis there's this competition between the two. Oh, Elvis you mean people oh, you mean people with movie. bad taste? I hated that film. And I mean, there was like a lot of build up to the Priscilla film, right? That it was like, is this going to be the anti Elvis? And it's like, I don't think it's trying to be a commentary whatsoever on the fucking Elvis movie. Exactly. (laughs) It's own story. It's doing its own thing completely. Yeah. Yeah. Or not doing it as the case may be, but yeah. It's just stupid to be like, oh, Olivia was a better Priscilla than Kaylee could. And I'm like, First of yeah. all, the actors who played Priscilla and Elvis didn't really have much of a role in the film to begin with because it's an right. Elvis movie. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically an Instagram reel too. So yes. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I think another thing this movie does well is it, it gets across like teenage yearning, yes. really well. Which 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 again, this is another. Sophia Coppola catnip situation like she's she's real good at that like for whatever reason like she's she's just like that's one of the things she's like really excellent at doing and again there's the unsettling nature of the of like you know the the age difference you never really stop thinking about it yeah. like it becomes near the end you're like like wow basically like she all, pretty much had her childhood stolen like willingly given up but like yeah. also her childhood stolen. so much happened before she was even 30 and I'm yeah. over here like I'm 30. <laughs> I haven't lived that life. <laughs> Yo, uh, Jacob, uh, whatever your name is. <laughs> what up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you oh, got I got a really Melissa theory. Dale Neal here. This is my friend Melissa. I agree with the general consensus. This movie felt like it was holding back on all the pivotal scenes, still waiting for a really gritty Elvis film. Definitely. Mm. Like, that, that I, one series with Jonathan Reese Myers is probably good. Somebody, yeah, somebody shouted out Bubba Hotep really early on, I think, too, which I actually think Bubba Hotep is awesome, but it's a very different kind yeah. of movie. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the best Elvis movie I've ever seen, but, uh, you know. But, like, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, the Lerman movie is basically about Colonel Tom Parker anyway. Yeah. Uh, and and this is like, I've never watched it. It's, yeah. It, it's, it's, and there's this, and it's like, it's ostensibly about my Priscilla. I want my 99 back. <laughs> it's it's about Priscilla's in a lot of ways, right? And and, and but it's more about like being that like a, a, a sad cage bird, yeah, right? Uh, and, and like I do agree that I think it does feel weird that like it goes far and then it doesn't go far enough at all. And it's yeah. like, well, you know, like. It, I mean, like look, we're covering Buffalo '66 later this month. It's like Buffalo '66 is way riskier if, as far as like you know what it pulls off, and that's just Vincent Gallo being Vincent Gallo. Mm. Uh, he's a whole separate discussion. I've been getting, I've been getting a, a disproportionate amount of uh, Buffalo '66 screenshot like things on Facebook, like because you know oh, really? like, all these different movie groups since we like, uh, talked yeah. about. They scan your thing, and I guess Buffalo Two Six really is something that pops up high on the algorithm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but but it, it's wild that, like, with so much of this, like, I just feel like it. It, the, it doesn't end. It doesn't like really end. It's sort of like, and, and then, but then again, the musical choice for the ending is perfect. But for you know, it in in multiple ways. But like I don't know, it just it just feels like Priscilla deserved a better ending 
than it had. And and, this... and I don't have an answer for what that would be because I think this is a very fraught story and like you have I to know pay how me money it to ended. write it. What? Okay, so and this is kind of how the miniseries ended, but I feel like this is a perfect ending. Okay. So Lay it's on. like 1977. It's months before Elvis um, dies. It ends um, with Cody Neutron being born. Yes. Um, <laughs> I thought I, I thought you were going to pull up the Leslie Nielsen uh, Avengers formation uh, uh, post credits, but uh. I, you guys know that Elvis Presley was up for the role of A Star Is Born, right? With Barbara Streisand. Oh, okay. I well, Colonel Parker, being the smart ass he was, smart wise guy, was like, "Oh, you can't do the movie because you're not going to get top billing." <laughs> his one chance for a big dramatic role and he tells priscilla this and they're just having a normal conversation but then he's like come back to me Scylla. whatever you want just just come back to me she's like i don't think you can live with just one woman he's like yes i can i i i, I knew what i lost now and she's like no and then of course it goes to her coming back to grace on the fact that he died and then it ends with you're always on my mind but of course we couldn't do that because we don't have access to elvis's you know yeah, yeah. You, you, you don't have access to music. That and even that, that's what the closure I feel like the film could have, you know, benefited from. But then it's also like two and a half hours. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll say the one place in the movie I thought really could have used his music was um, after he leaves West Germany and we're, like, we're just seeing her obsession with him because right. once she becomes part of his life, she's pretty separated, you know, uh, he keeps her at a distance, whereas yeah. in that moment she's, you know, consuming as a fan, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I thought it yeah. would make sense. And her, her social life, her life is kind of suffering. Her her yeah. relationship with her parents is strained. I mean, every time she would get a phone call from Ellis, she'd be like, Oh, mom, dad, guess who called? And he's like, Is that her dad's like, You're ringing up our phone bill, you know that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, but it's also like you think the keeps... US Army pays for this. <laughs> you, keep, you keep hearing about well, yeah, it's Elvis. Everyone knows his music. It's like yeah, but you're never going to hear it in this because yeah, <laughs> because they don't have the rights for it. But yeah, they but I also think that's fine because it's not Elvis's story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, for the yeah. third time, I think I've said that. But I, I think the the one scene that it, it also kind of suffered was whenever you actually see Elvis on stage, kind of performing, and, uh, and yeah. even even just playing like just an instrumental uh, of something recognizable like you know yeah um hunk, yeah. Hunk just, love. Uh, just not the kind of instrumental that they used in the Baz Luhrmann Elvis film they had somebody rapping over it oh my god oh god i got so oh. angry i got so angry when that started happening i was already pissed off too that, that's why that's why i turned it off i, I was like, like nope so bad once you once you insert rap you music, it, you I crap, but enough. not for this movie yeah <laughs> so that, that, was that, it shaggy please no. please no it was it was uh it was Vince Staples, I think, or somebody like rapping. I would over. honestly yeah. rather talk yeah. about Israel and Palestine right now. Than talk <laughs> okay, about let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's really annoying. I wonder. I want. Yeah, didn't he also explore with Judaism as well? Like he would explore with different religions at that time. Right. That, that, that was a bit. What, I don't actually want to do the, that. That's what all. That's what all the books were. That he was. He was going through all these yeah. different books oh. on different religions and yeah, and, and I, bisexual lighting honesty. But but it's there, there's this moment in time, right? Like like uh, fully in American culture in the 1960s and the 1970s, where everybody is on the search for meaning because we're experiencing such an unprecedented level of like growth and prosperity for you know the middle class in America. Right. Right. People start to be bored and they start to wonder like what's going on, you know, like why why are we really here, right? Like this is boring as shit. Like I need some kind of meaning in my life, and it's kind of fascinating to think about Elvis going through that at the same time as the rest of popularized yeah. existentialism yeah especially yeah. considering like because he he was like you know where, where where's the music gonna go because by then the late 60s it's you know 
psychedelic folk music yeah. um even a bit of like heavier pink floyd rock. starts coming yeah. in yeah 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 so he basically he didn't he didn't understand where he would fit as an artist because he wasted 10 years of his life doing silly little movie musicals yeah that's why the 68 comeback was important for him absolutely but that's also when things went downhill for for priscilla's you know their marriage anyway because he became famous again he was never at home he was doing vegas shows and i mean in the end all she wanted was him and but that's well, and impossible she, when you're married to the king of rock and roll she embraces that same search for meaning and within that search for meaning is like if elvis isn't around like i'm like the only other place that i can really take this is like i could become my own individual like separate from elvis so in yeah. in finding something like karate and like um i think she's also taking like taekwondo or something like she's taking these martial arts that kind of reinforce that sense of how hot is the instructor cool. that's what you wanted to do. <laughs> no, I mean, like but it's, it's a instructor that elvis sets her up with too like i know i know it's yeah, like so. which is which is well first she takes chuck norris which you is kind of they... <laughs> She, what? she's taking instruction from chuck norris in the book for a little bit and then she goes off with like one of his friends and has an affair with that guy and it's like you you kind of do this to yourself my guy like <laughs> yeah, yeah like and that's the thing like and a lot of people are like you know why why did she cheat i'm like because she never got a chance to really explore who she was as a person so she never elvis was her only lover so elvis is also cheating like the entire yeah. time elvis is, is having these relationships yeah. with these fans and he's like when i have these relationships they're not anything like my relationship with my wife like where it's this where did this lipstick love. come from he's oh just, one of the guys yeah okay. he's, he's just he's just afraid that of sleep. number one he's afraid of sleeping alone because he's this insomnia that he's claiming it which is classic classic excuse right like oh i'm not cheating on you i just you know i'm just afraid of sleeping alone it's scary like but uh, yeah, like he, he has all of these relationships with these fans for one night or something. And she kind of has these like quick flings too, because he's having these flings the whole time. Like, yeah, from the beginning. And even admits it at one point, like yeah. the, the Anne Margaret one anyway. Yeah. After the Scooby Snacks are discovered, yeah. of course. Yeah. <laughs> oh, babe, I'm sorry. The Scooby Snacks are just too good. I, I, had, I just think I they're had delicious. To, I had to have an orgy of the Mystery Machine. The Scooby, the Scooby Snacks, just, they made me do it. I was, I was under the influence. It'll never happen again. You haven't lived until you had peanut butter, banana, and Scooby Snacks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Please, please, meet the gang. Peanut meet the gang. You're, 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 you're going to love them. Kid, I've got the perfect idea for a picture. It's a crossover you're not going to believe. We got the Scooby Gang. They got the Mystery Machine. And then you got the King of Rock and Roll, Elvis. You're not going to believe it. I was surprised Elvis meets the gang is not something they tried to do. Uh, I know, know. right? Like new Scooby-Doo movies or whatever back in like 1972 or some shit like that. I mean, Vincent Price was all over that base. Yes. <laughs> but I could, just, I, could like, I could see the gang going into Graceland and like they're like, the, 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 those ghosts to Graceland and we got to figure this out. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, do, do you guys do you guys remember that that uh, Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo? Oh yeah, Vincent Van Gogh. He's Vincent Van Gogh. That's right. I forgot. He's not Vincent, but it's like okay, yeah. But you're Vincent Price though. Yep. <laughs> Going like, like Scoobs, we gotta go in there and 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 find the ghost of Graceland. <laughs> I don't know why my Shaggy is Morty from Rick and Morty. I don't know uh, yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> real cross cultural pastiche. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. That's enough. So. Hey everyone, uh, Letterboxd is a social media site for film lovers to talk with 
at and to each other at these elevated voices about the movies they love, maybe the movies that they didn't love, the movies that they had strong opinions on grooming about. And of course, uh, all of this is best expressed succinctly. Uh, you know, there's not just Siskel's and Ebert's in the world. Everyone gets to have their say. But you keep it succinct, it maybe gets on this very bit right now. So this is where we uh, look at the letterbox one-liners for Priscilla. Let's roll them. It should be illegal to show any version of this movie where Elvis doesn't have subtitles. Elvis, 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 where he's like, no, it's good. I still think it's the best depiction so far. <laughs> Need a man that'll buy me a gun for every outfit. <laughs> True. Yo, those those outfits were were on were on fleek, as the kids say. No, the kids don't <laughs> say that. They don't, yeah, we don't. Say as as twenty twenty two Elvis would have said. <laughs> no, 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 those outfits are on fleek, man. <laughs> and then he daps. <laughs> uh, I can floss real well because I know how to. It's all my hips. I can floss. <laughs> Don't forget to like and subscribe, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. Something very poetic about ending the movie with a song Elvis wanted to cover, but Dolly didn't want him to own 50% of all the song royalties indefinitely. Mm. That's true. Word. Yep. yep. When Priscilla finally told Elvis, I'm leaving, a woman in the audience murmured, yes, and everyone in the theater laughed. It's nice to be around people. Thank you, Operation Warp Speed. Thank you, Operation, <laughs> Thank you, Operation Warp Speed. You, you, you gave you. us the jab, and we'll, 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 we'll always, we'll always oh, be thankful. Thank you for the jab. I'm sorry. Elvis <laughs> would have been an anti-vaxxer, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> he would take every other narcotic but not get vaccinated. Oh, well, facts aren't in on that. <laughs> uh, like I said, only fools rush in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and and he got on that. Uh, I have I have my audience doing their own research. <laughs> Joe Rogan. <laughs> I think that's enough Elvis for a while. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, I think that's enough Elvis for a while. You've you've been a good you've been a good audience. I'm going to go bang some broads. <laughs> Draw the cat eyes sharp enough to kill a man. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> some, See, that, these are the parts of the movie that Sofia Coppola, like in every movie I've seen of hers, like excels at. It's like making the movie into like a perfect, like a perfect painting almost, right? Like yeah. just to make like an aesthetically so pleasing, like a wedding cake or something. Mm. Yeah. I just wish the story had been there too. <laughs> God, Lana Del Rey is going to love this. She almost sang, got recorded a song for the soundtrack. And I'm like, God damn it. There's anyone who would have done the soundtrack justice. Lana Del Rey, man. <laughs> Someone's about to drop Lost for Love. And it sure isn't me. Some, someone, like in the book, one of the lines is like, because uh, I was thinking about this. One of the lines she writes is like. <laughs> hey, baby. Be sure to smash that like button and ring the bell for notifications. <laughs> No, one of the lines is like, uh, I was his Lady Lolita or something, and I was like, Lana Del Rey would have loved this. Yes. <laughs> hey, Lolita, hey. Hey, Lolita, hey. I just know their bed is full of crumbs. 
That's my favorite. It's my favorite. I'll I'll fall asleep eating a sandwich again. There's so much breakfast and lunch and dinner in bed. Oh my god! They got to change the sheets every day. Yeah, yeah. Get me that. Get me that Spanish omelet. I'm I'm gonna eat that baby in bed. Oh, give me some coffee cake to go with this. Lord have mercy. <laughs> it's true, though. Do you saw how many meals they had? I was like, Jesus Christ. There was I'll a just, montage. I'll just, dang, I'll just ruin the dang comforter by, by spilling bacon grease on it. It's okay. <laughs> I can just get another one. I got five more over there. <laughs> no windows in that room, too. Weird. <laughs> Very good portrait of a marriage falling apart and a girl who is just trying to get laid. That's, but that's, that's what she was wanting for a long time. She's like, make love to me. He'd be like, no, yeah. I want to save you. No, I got I got hoes. I don't need you. <laughs> exactly. By the way, that's our that friend of the show, Nando. Yeah. Yeah. So, Birthday twin. Hey. Uh, she's trying to get laid, but these pills have kicked in. I'm sorry, baby. <laughs> my dick just ain't my dick just ain't standing up like. Oh, my dick's all covered in crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> baby, this is 1970. See how I say the thing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, there's that, there's that piece of coffee cake I was missing. <laughs> That's the coffee cake that Conan got from uh, whenever he was visiting me. Oh yeah, That's a, That's like bigger a, than his head. Gigantic coffee cake. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's it. There you go. And those are the letterbox one-liners for Priscilla. Please uh, feel free. We apparently said all our Elvis impersonations for that bit, too. Uh, mm-hmm. Please feel free to uh, follow the show, the HQ account letterbox show for Movie Night Extravaganza at Movie Night Extra. We're posting stories of all the various episodes that we cover uh, with links and uh, all good good stuff in there. Archivally. Archivally? Sure. It's an archival form. Uh, and Let's, it's on there. Uh, Let's archivally. <laughs> Little Liz Arkavli. Uh <laughs> and uh so follow the show on there. Please also follow Hog Ears over there. Uh Man, the Memphis Mafia that, top dog. That's that's the real one of his like the, the fat guy that was in there crew Joe. or whatever. Yeah, yeah no, was, Well, one of them was just hog ears. That's like the Yeah, yeah. The credits actually just said hog ears. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's Hog Ears over there at Always Flacco. Uh he's uh Logging all the stuff that we cover and all the other stuff around there. Um, I'm at Kona Neutron, uh, keeping the home fires burning, and also uh, hunk hunk of burning love as well. And you can uh, find all of that doing the highbrow, the midbrow, the uh, populist fair over at my letterboxd account. These home uh, fires are burning low. <laughs> That's a great line, actually. It is. Uh, J. Andrew jumpsuit era world. Oh, my God. EP means Elvis Prissily. And not extended play. Was that an intended Elvis, spelling? That was an autocorrect. Elvis Presley is the stuck up one. <laughs> yeah, well, that was his twin brother that died. You eat nothing but a hound dog. He's like, I'm sorry, baby. I'm just too good for you. Uh, jumpsuit era over there is uh, watching all the weirdest stuff so you don't have to, or maybe so you can. It's not for me to tell you what to do, but he's doing it anyway uh, over there on Letterboxd right about now, too. Uh, Priscilla from Wish down there has recently been upgraded uh, to the uh, to pro status. We all, knew, we all knew she was a pro. She's in her music produced by Phil Spector era, and uh, she is logging stuff as she sees fit. I don't really understand the rhyme or reason to it, but she's there, and she's doing it, and it tends to be thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> I will say my Letterboxd one-liner for Priscilla would have been like, the beehive could have been taller. 
I that would have been a good one. That would have been Come a good on, one. baby. The beehive could have been. <laughs> uh-huh. the beehive could have been taller. <laughs> You're not getting my beehive up. Know what I'm saying? Uh, Ray, are you? Uh, do you have a letterbox town skate? Don't have to. Okay. No, I do not. That's fine. <laughs> uh, jumpsuit error takes away the plugs, why don't you? All right. If you're watching us over on YouTube, please do those YouTube things. Um, like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell. And um, if you were gonna do the whole plugs in Elvis voice, I was gonna be like, this like, is never gonna last. Comment, yeah, no. subscribe, hit that bell. Hey, baby, I'm sure to smash that like button, ring the bell for notifications. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know the big ask is to watch the video to the end, get that great Conan Neutron song. As uh-huh. he channels, <laughs> as he channels Elvis, uh, and uh-huh. the, the song that we come in and go out on. Um, if you're right. moving out, which, moving out extravaganza, baby. I, I got my entrance music, got my exit music. <laughs> if you're over there on um, Twitch, do the Twitch things. Um, throw us a sub. If you happen to have an Amazon Prime account, you can subscribe for free. It does not cost you a penny, but actually helps out the show. And we thank you very much for doing that. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank, um, you. thank you very much. Find us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky. Uh, so, so find us on those places if you happen to be on, you know, uh, if they happen to be your chosen uh, social media sites. There's also a Threads account now as well, but I don't know. I don't anyone except yeah. for like McDonald's and stuff that's on there, but it's we have one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> And we have a Patreon where, where you can actually go and find our after parties where, where if you are enjoying our, our bits where we break into Elvis impersonations, we do stuff just like that. We maybe not do. yeah, uh, maybe not Elvis, but we're doing other things uh, over there on uh, our after parties. And it's where we really let our hair down and, and go crazy. <laughs> so um, After party forever. <laughs> Thank you. I forgot about that. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, so Conan, yes, um, you know, uh, Protonic is back. And, and, Protonic uh, is back, baby. Uh-huh. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, you've been, you've been killing it with the guests. Yeah. Uh, Nina Nastasia episode is out in the general feed now. She was amazing. That was a really great episode. Uh, Crime and City Solution, uh, Simon from, and uh, Joshua from Crime and the City Solution was this weekend. It's going out the general feed tomorrow. And I got Marnie Stern, the one of a kind unimitatable uh, Marnie Stern, who's back with a new record on Thursday. She also played in the 8G band with uh, like most of Les Savvy Fav and Fred Armisen and all them. That that was her day job for like the last like eight or nine years, but she's a badass. Nice. So yeah, it's nice work if you can get it. I'm available, mm-hmm. by the way. I can take your place. <laughs> and of course, if you want to support that, you can go over to Patreon, uh, patreon.com, Protonic Reversal. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> One dollar a month advance access. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, so, so so you can get all that now and uh, help out Conan, which is uh, important. <laughs> Brave, have you seen my Oreo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, and, and, and we had a few patrons drop off when I was out on tour, which makes sense because I wasn't doing any episodes when I was out. But yeah, to, feel it's free to chime in. They can't and of course, give you that dollar. Like <laughs> times are tough out there. Mm-hmm. In the ghetto. All right, sorry. <laughs> and of course, there, there's uh, Neutron Friends on Bandcamp.com where you can get all your Conan Neutron music. Yes, uh, for Conan Neutron, the Secret Friends, which is in fact the name of the band. Correct. You can go, go get it there. Bandcamp still around. Uh, not looking too great with them like laying off like uh, a lot of the actual people doing the work. Uh, yeah. But still, oh, no. the most viable way to directly support the artist, which includes me. Thank you. Give me your money. And if you want to hear more thoughts on that, you can actually go to uh, This Is Revolution very recently. Oh, yeah. And uh, it was a fantastic appearance. I, I, uh, 
Uh, did listen to that. I really wanted to watch your Crime and City Solution thing, but I missed it, so I will catch it when it gets to the feed. It's, it's going to be it's going to come out tomorrow for the Gen feed. So there you go. Yeah. So so there we go. I, I got to. Yeah, that was that was a that was a good conversation. Uh, there should be more of that happening right now. But I get it. There's other things going on. That <laughs> yes, <laughs> like March for Genocide uh, in DC. Exactly. Yeah. People oh. out here. People out here marching for genocide. I'm out here marching. What for else is there to call it at this point? I'm just saying. True. Okay. We're going to save all our uh, QAnon Elvis hot take impressions for uh, the after party, I think. Baby, <laughs> take the red pill. <laughs> all I'm saying is Robert F. Kennedy's got some good ideas, man. <laughs> I, 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 I would die before I took that jab. <laughs> There we go. Um, Christina, <laughs> oh, you're over there on uh, Twitch. Um, yep. Uh, when, when you can. Mm-hmm. Um, We're doing pretty good so far. You have, you have anything interesting coming up that that you know of? or? Uh, <laughs> Why wouldn't she gonna... know about it? She's going to be surprised by her own show? Right. <laughs> Here's the thing. People are like, oh, you, you always have like, you know, you come up, you know, you, you lay out your, sh- your Twitch stream so perfectly. I'm like, I come up with shit at the last minute as we're going along. Okay. And that's why people love me. Though we do every Thursday react to, or thir- Thursday or Friday, react to Bailey Sharing's Dark History, which is really uh, great. I highly recommend a lot of her episodes about um, how unions were formed, um, go, like related to like um, rich people, how billionaires suck and all. Like she just she covers a lot of good stuff, how um, Pride was, was uh, created. Um, the move bombing, like she does a lot of really good episodes about, you know, events that we that we don't know and that we don't really talk about. And plus, we also react to stuff on the React channel, like try not to sing stuff or or guess the, you know, guess stuff. So I actually subscribed to that show based on your recommendation. Yes. Now, have I listened to it? Nope. But I subscribed to it. So oh, you I'll, should I'll listen, listen to, it. to it. I'll listen to it eventually. It's it's, it's on good. there. I'll I'll get it's to good. it. I'll get to it. Fantastic. And of course, you know, you have a uh, Patreon as well. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, patreon.com slash Cosmopolitics if you want to support Christina. Yes. And then, of you course, the money. Ravana, <laughs> you have you have uh, taken the L, which is which is a play on words. Yes, it is. Um, it's a podcast I do with my best friend, Jay. Um, you know, uh, public transit in Chicago is called the L. A lot of bad things have happened to us on the train, so we talk about it. Um, and it's not political, unlike all everything else I do. So yeah. it's a nice way to unwind and hear my unmitigated thoughts on uh, topics such as um, shared custody agreements people are litigating over Reddit, or is that coat you bought your child too expensive and does it make them look like a douchebag? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, <laughs> So we do that on taking the you're, if you're asking that question, sounds already answered. <laughs> your child looks like a complete asshole. Right. Your, your yeah. child your sucks. They your suck shit. Like it's dude, your man. fault. Um, uh, listen, honey, your child looks like a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also streaming um, almost every night on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ravana. Things have been going well. We've been raising money for the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. Um, we raised $500 in one day, hoping to continue nice. doing that throughout the week. Uh, um into next week so um we're doing that over there uh and everyone should also go subscribe to my youtube channel because i'm going to start posting videos every day on there and you can check out my other videos that i do every day on rebel hq on youtube and on facebook uh share them on facebook help uh mitigate the brain worms being spread on that platform (laughs) 
helps doesn't care <laughs> it doesn't care it doesn't care we, we can only intervene at this point it can only go so far we cannot yeah. solve <laughs> i think that's it i don't have anything else <laughs> we're doing a we're doing an after party an after party uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah we're just cool. gonna have some fried chicken i called it after party at graceland but mm-hmm. uh Ravana, do you have some final thoughts um i wanted more from the film as i said you know a couple times now the punches were pulled that i wanted to see land i wanted them to hit elvis in his ugly face um and they didn't (laughs) the actor was very attractive elvis himself is not an attractive man i'm sorry wow Wow. what take damn you hear what i have to say about jackie kennedy um who looks like she opens glass bottles with her teeth okay chews off the top of the bottle and just just eats it i'm i'm sorry this is not the world's most that's not the pinnacle of of grace please tell me you think marimaro's pretty But anyway, yeah. So you should have saved that when when Andy was pitching to subscribe to your show because we were like, I'm gonna let's see what this chick's up to. Jesus, <laughs> what are these hot takes? I don't even. <laughs> Next thing you know, she's calling out Gandhi for being half a man. You know, like whatever. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I wanted more, right? But there was a, a line that uh, she had to walk at, in making this film, and I understand that overall. I like the film, um, and I thought that the uh, performances in it from the actors were phenomenal. So I definitely recommend everyone to go see it if you haven't yet. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) We went the whole show without doing it. Now we can't stop. (laughs) Can't stop. Won't stop. Never mind. Um, I I will say this. At least there's no, like, rap or hip-hop in this movie. Like... (laughs) We see I'm going yeah. with the rapping going on. Yeah. Um, I like this film generally. I do think the miniseries Elvis and Me is a bit better at portraying the relationship because it didn't really hold back many, you know, punches. But I understand that, you know, there's legacies that need to be protected. Um, obviously, the aesthetics nailed it. The time period, like, just, just nailing the, uh, just what the time period, the essence of, like, the 50s all the way to, like, the early 70s. Sofia Coppola definitely nailed that. Um, this film is definitely carried by Kaylee. Like, this is her movie. Yeah. Like, they should have just said, you know, Priscilla by Kaylee at this point. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, it, it sh- I do see her getting, um, and also Jacob's a better Elvis than uh, Austin Butler. I said what I said. Don't come at me because I'm prepared. Um, I, I do feel like this will be an Oscar contender for like best, as, as Andy put it, like best costume and makeup, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I do see um, Kaylee winning a, winning some like new newcomer awards at best. Um, now we're good though. We're we don't need any more Elvis movies. <laughs> yeah, cool it on yeah. the Elvis, everybody. Yeah. See, this was the only, I'm like, this is it. For well, wait, 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 Let's go. We need Bubba Ho's uh, she bats because we never got that. <laughs> no, I want I want to see I want to see a, a biopic from the um <laughs> from the perspective of Dodger. Oh my god, that's yo, I was just about to say that. And the entire thing is just her sitting there staring straight ahead, and then the phone rings, and it's like it's Elvis. She's still alive when Elvis dies. Like, yeah, there's so much like her life is just the entirety of Elvis's life. You know how she got the nickname, right? Yeah, he threw a he threw something at her and she dodged it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. Cool nickname for a grandmother, if you ask me. Hey, hey, Grandma, remember when I tried to hit you with that baseball? Hey, Grandma, <laughs> think fast. <laughs> let, let, let's, have a, let's have a lifelong a lifelong inside joke based on that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, Andy? Hey, um... This this movie really is, uh, you know, like I said before, it is it is Zack Snyder for women. It, it is. Um, <laughs> it, it, Release the Coppola cut. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the problem is is that that it's all like moments, and the moments never blossom into scenes. Um, and, and the moments are so well put together as far as like acting and, and the way it was shot and the, the sets and the, the costumes and the costumes are spectacular, by the way, like, like the, the thinking Replicas. about the fabrics uh, uh, and, 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 you know, how they, they vibe in the scene with the, with the busy wallpapers of uh, Graceland. I, I mean, like, like it really, it really does capture that. Uh, Ooh, the makeup a, is a also just set like, design too, probably. Yeah. Like, like, the, you know, the, these are the things that this movie is going to be remembered for. Um, and, and that's mostly because like that, you know, there is, you know, that they do hold back and, and that these these moments in the movie never become scenes. And, and this movie just does not feel complete. Um, but but uh, yeah, those those are really everything that uh, that uh, needs to be said about the movie right there. All right, Conan. Look, this is a visual feast for the eyes. Um courtesy of the very consistent vision of Sofia Coppola and nobody does that regal sad girl ennui better than her uh you know the loneliest of the famous or famous adjacent and well-heeled uh visuals are amazing uh, the feel of this is where it's most successful I really as I mentioned love Jacob's Elvis just towering over uh Kaylee's Priscilla and like I think that's such a strong decision uh Kaylee's amazingness eloquently playing the starry-eyed youth and the disillusioned bored and exquisitely dressed woman uh, so effortlessly, again, it, I had to check to make sure it was the same actress. Uh, overall, I did not love it the way that some people do. Uh, I think it pulled the punches way too many times. And that might just be something that has to do with the fact of doing a biopic and someone that's still alive. But I I found aspects of it incredibly enjoyable. And, um, you know, if you're in a Sofia Coppola's whole thing, then you can definitely, um, you, you, you'll definitely enjoy this. She gives it to you in, in, in a heap and helping, like uh, <laughs> like like Elvis's morning bacon, you know. Oh, delicious! <laughs> By the way, Abby said she's into the Elvis impersonations. Don't Thank encourage you. us. Thank you very no, much. Thank you very much. Don't do that. Oh, and before before we go to the after party, I should say, um, next week is the Sam Cedar uh, yep. talking about real life. Uh, the album yeah. book with uh, his directorial debut with Sam Cedar. He's coming back on. That's right. Mm-hmm. Gotta so, get ready for that one. And we're gonna we're gonna try to solicit him into letting us be sponsored by Cedar Seeds. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I'll do it. I can work on it. <laughs> and, and our Elvis impersonations won't make any sense next week. <laughs> they're gonna be I, like, I they're gonna be like, wow, lived up movie night extravaganza. They've got they've got the the majority report connection now. Wow, their movie their movie reviews have really gone down. <laughs> exactly. People are saying this more and more. <laughs> Well, people are saying more and more. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 